welcome again to Late Bloomer, where we live up to the name with such sporadic posting. I would apologize, explain, hang my head in shame, but the fact of the matter is, some things take time. And the other fact of the matter is simply that I started this podcast as a means of contemplation and to find a calmness in creativity instead of pressure. And to have that, I must enjoy what I write. And pressure never seems to help with enjoyment. So I had to tell myself, in due time, when you want to, not when you think you should. I was worried for a bit I would never produce episode two, but lo and behold, the desire to write has returned. Everything always returns. But enough about the gardener. What you're here for is the garden. Or rather, the balcony currently overflowing with plants in pots, flats, and broken kettles. Things are growing, and I cannot be more excited. It being ages since last we spoke, my seeds are a lot more than just seeds. Unable to heed my own reassurances, I had my doubts anything would grow. Every year I go through the same cycle of planting, hoping and worrying myself sick in my certainty that all I planted would wither and die. But the summer saw my balcony blanketed in green. This is not to say it was a complete success. But when growing a plant, no matter the kind, it is not so easy to define the metric for success. Plants, though capable of feeling many things, do not subscribe to what our definitions of success are. And perhaps they are happier for it. Often with flowering plants, you have to be quick to remove them. The flowers, that is. Or else the plant, once it has done its purpose, will die, having completed its job. Do they view death as the finale? The act of reproduction? Neither, I think. Plants just are as they are at every step in their life cycle. I don't think they hold any state in higher esteem than the other. We get the term fruits of labor from plants, and I'm not saying they don't work their very hardest to produce seeds, because they do. But if you take these all to be one great cycle, as I do, I think plants over time would appreciate every step. The fruits are a means to an end, but the end is also a means to something. Every stage is vital. And, on a less frivolous viewpoint, plants care mainly about survival. I doubt they hold a preference for any step when they all accomplish things. I don't know how much my plants would appreciate me getting into such, well, 
flowery language when they are an incredibly practical life form with no time or desire for philosophy. They just are. Which, I suppose, is a philosophy in and of itself. Plants do not think like us. And it can be hard not to anthropomorphize something I care so deeply about, but it's important to remember that it doesn't mean they aren't thinking or feeling. They just have a different way of going about it that makes sense for them. I think to truly appreciate gardening, it really helps to try and appreciate them for their way of viewing things instead of trying to humanize them. The pleasure derived from absorbing sunlight, the relief of a much needed rainfall. All of this is still there for them, even if experienced and processed in a way different from ours. All this to say, I don't think they're stressed about success, unburdened as they are from a cerebral cortex and capitalism. Perhaps I say all this only to comfort myself. As we have passed the autumn equinox, by the time this episode goes up, my harvest isn't what one would call bountiful. For those not in the know, the 22nd of September marked the first day of fall. Days get shorter now, and soon crops will wither and die or else get ready to sleep through the winter. Rather than mark death, however, this equinox celebrates harvest time when we collect the so-called fruits of our labor. My tomatoes produced some small green fruit, but tragedy struck all too soon. The one plant that had, indeed, produced, I found one morning bent over, snapped in two by the cruel wind. I would be lying if I said I wasn't devastated in the moment. It felt like the culmination of many things. Like with any garden, there are going to be issues attacking you from all sides. To garden is an act of war, and I find it funny how surprised people are at the amount of viciousness I bring to gardening, like a mother bear or a vengeful god. Issues, as I've spoken about in the previous cast, come in the form of treacherous bugs, weather conditions, and sometimes for no good reason at all. This year brought creatures digging through the roots, sunburn, instability. Perhaps the most insidious thing tearing at the flower beds was my own mind. I intend this to be a light podcast, and I still hold hope and acceptance as being tenets of gardening. But I also want to be truthful. This cycle has been a somber one for me. Change is a constant, and I need to try and appreciate where I am while knowing it's going to change. But, as I'm sure many of you out there know, it's easier said than done. 
and when I say appreciate, I don't mean to accept things for how they are. After all, gardening is about fighting tooth and nail for life. What I mean is seeing how everything changes, noting the cycle, and, like the plant, see the uses of this phase, and relish in small moments of joy, as sparse as they are at the moment. Brushing your hair, making a friend laugh, watching a funny video. In an attempt to not push them aside, I've been trying to document these smaller things. But ultimately, the fertilizer I find myself in is full of shit. So I've been sad, simply put. And this has had an effect on my plants. I should have tied the tomatoes up, as I was planning. I missed a lot of watering, too. As I grew more sad, my plants seemed to reflect my state, out of neglect and in my more frivolous moments out of solidarity. They became a reflection of how I was not taking care of myself, let alone them. Sadly, no hardware store carries a spray for this particular bane of gardens. Though grief can feel, in many ways, parasitic in form and nature. So no harvest. But back to my initial question. What is the metric for success in gardening? And had I reached it? No and yes. I may not taste literal fruits of my labor, but this summer was measured in watering and weeding. Getting dirt under my fingernails. It was watching fat bumblebees discover the flowers. Quiet, warm evenings sitting outside. The wind rustling the leaves around me. I fussed with their roots like a mother with shoelaces on a two-year-old. I hope someday to put down roots. I took the suckers off with a satisfying snap. Tomatoes grow these unnecessary branches, dubbed suckers, uh, for reference. Suckers are minuscule and grow in the crook between stem and main branch. If left to its own devices, a tomato will put energy into growing these vestigial branches instead of working on growing fruit, and could make them fall over if they get too big. I'm sure there's a metaphor somewhere in that. But for my own part, I am enamored by the visceral sensation of picking them off. And I like feeling like I am helping them, like I enjoy all acts of care. I need to remember the labor is its own reward, like with the suckers, like with the satisfaction of watching the sprouts shed their baby leaves and grow, reaching for the sun. Have you ever watched a sped-up movie of a plant growing? 
it's something else. You watch the tendrils crawl up, searching in a frighteningly animalistic manner. There's a lot of personality there. A lot of determination, too. Growth cannot be measured by what you see right away. But it is there. And they always grow. Their proverbial womb is barren, but they grew. My plants reached so hard for the sun. I'm proud of them. And they brought me a sense of peace. That has to count for something. I hate to watch them die as the cold sets in. It hurts my heart. But it does not hurt theirs. Plus, I can save the seeds. Restart the cycle. I moved recently, which any gardener knows is a surefire method to make your plants stressed. Further proof of there being a psychic link between us. They could tell something was afoot a few days before my big move. A tension you could hack at with a scythe caused the plants to start fussing and drooping in response. They are slowly in recovery now. At least my domesticated indoor plants are. The chill is cutting the tomatoes to the bone. Halloween has just passed, and it is a time to honor the dead so I will mourn my tomatoes. And I will remember the good times. Weeding and watering. Sharing quiet moments in increasingly colder evenings. I have to hold on to these moments. The older I get, the more cycles I go through, the more I realize the only chance at happiness is finding said happiness in the small and every day. Enjoying the moment is nothing revolutionary, but to a zillennial under capitalism with anxiety and a coffee addiction to nitro boost said anxiety, it was kind of a revelation. In terms of my fussy indoor plants, my violet has some buds on it, Always a pleasure to see. Her blooming schedule is sporadic, which adds a kind of fun and mysterious energy to her. Violets are interesting in that way. Very single-minded. Or perhaps just drama queens. I appreciate the violet in all her phases, but the blooms remind me that, like all my plants, she ought to be paid attention to and admired for the effort. Every morning I watch the buds curl ever so slightly upward. Perhaps this is the attitude I ought to take to the publishing of this program. 
though sporadic, I ought to admire my ability to produce something. Of course, carrying the theory further would lead to such frightening conclusions, like, if I can see the value in the life and growth of a plant that never bears fruit, perhaps I have value, even when not making things. Or, maybe my friends and family find value just in spending time with me, and I don't always have to try and give them what I think they want. But like I said, those are dangerous thoughts that ought not to be entertained. Moving has been tough on me, too. I am envious of plants at heart. Fibrous or tap, I hope to someday put down roots as they do. I know I've said it before, but I want to be so deeply entrenched in where I am that you could not move me from my place without killing me, or at the very least bring some of the ground up with me. When I was younger, I would lie on the grass and envision these roots of mine growing deep into the earth as I looked at the sky. One night, my friend and I lay down, exhausted from horsing around, and she told me she feels roots growing out of her, apropos of me saying I do the same thing. I think about it often. Maybe everyone does this. Maybe everyone would give up mobility just to feel inseparable from a true home. I have no idea why I treasure the memory. I think it was the first time, as a kid, I had the thought that someone else understood the need to be a part of the world and the pleasure of growth in a way that no one can see. Now that I collect these small moments, I'm quite glad we shared that evening. I am glad for everyone who ever was my friend, continued or not. I'm quite sad most of the time. But I would not change the people who shaped me through my different phases. Perhaps our roots are to be found growing in those we love. If you haven't laid down on some grass or dirt recently, I can't recommend it enough. Maybe bring a friend along so you can be known deeply and carry that memory with you for the rest of your life. Well, friends, and if you listen to me, I think of you as a friend. Thanks so much for tuning in to Late Bloomer. 
remember to subscribe for whenever I manage to produce some fruit again. And be sure to give us a rating if you're on iTunes. Our intro and outro music is done by Louis Zong, and you can find his link to Spotify down below for more. Questions or comments? Reach us at augusta.monet at gmail.com with the subject Late Bloomer. Thanks again, all. And as always... Grow where you are planted. Thank you.